All right, my next guest really doesn't need an introduction. We've done so many shows together. I've known him for a long time. He's one of my favorite persons in the world and one of my favorite guests to have on the show. Marty Lurie joins the show. Marty, what's going on? Yep, enjoying baseball and getting ready for next week. Uh, everything that should be happening in the winter meeting. So it's, it's a good time of year. Everything else is good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I had cataract surgery on my right eye on Tuesday morning. And uh, very interesting. It, everything went well, and I'm going to have the left eye done uh, next Thursday. But uh, the way I can explain it is it's like having TV before HD TV. And now I got HD TV in my eyes. <laughs> That's the difference. Everything just, my God, things look bright and nice. <laughs> that's cool. It's, and you can Not, see at night better probably too. Well, that's the deal. Truthfully, that's when I realized that maybe there was a problem when I had trouble reading the numbers on the scoreboard. And that was the first thing that I noticed, uh, that I was wearing my sunglasses with the prescription at night. So uh, I went and saw the ophthalmologist uh, during the uh, season. They said, come on back in uh, November. And I went in uh, just a couple of days ago, five-minute surgery, and, uh, and that's the deal. So I get the next one done uh, next Thursday. So you look like a pirate for a week, and you'll be fine. That's the deal. You, you wear the guard <laughs> at night, and you don't want to sneak up on anybody, especially if they have a weapon. You don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, Marty, it's so good to hear your voice. All right, some sad news today. Gaylord Perry passed, 84 years old. Uh, you know, He made his Major League debut yeah. in 1962 for the Giants. He played for the Giants for 10 years. He was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 1991. Do you have any mem memories you can share about Gaylord Perry with the listeners tonight? Well, it was wonderful getting to know him. And I did a number of things with him in spring training. He was always there in spring training. And uh, he stayed in a mobile home because they liked to barbecue at night. And uh, he was always just a real farm guy. Uh, I remember that about him. But I did some events with him on the Giants cruise one time and always liked talking baseball with him. And he really was a competitor, FB. I'll tell you, if, when you look at the competitors of Giants history, he's right up there number one or two. Uh, he just, if he was on the mound uh, and you made an error behind him, he'd let you know it. Uh, he got into a feud with George Hendrick when Gaylord was with the Cleveland Indians and said, I don't want this guy in the outfield when I'm pitching. And, you know, he would get into things like that. He wanted more money than Frank Robinson when Frank Robinson came over uh, as the manager of the Indians. And uh, they got into a big dispute and eventually Gaylord got traded. Uh, to the Texas Rangers uh, with Billy Martin at, the, at that point. But there's so many parts of Gaylord. He was an icon of baseball. And if you watch the way he pitched, he, he was, he, as they say, he could make a cup of coffee nervous. I mean, he would touch his hat. He would touch his face. He'd touch his neck. He'd touch his ear. And he was known for throwing the spitball. And in the mid-60s, uh, there were probably 100 pitchers in the National League who threw it, including Don Drysdale, the great Jim Maloney as well, uh, Bill Singer, Phil Regan, uh, people like that. And the spitball was kind of uh, part of baseball, and then uh, they outlawed it. And uh, as Gaylord says, he then had to find something else, and he found Vaseline and KY Jelly and that kind of stuff. And the thing I remember about Gaylord, he was a great pitcher. Um, you know, he had this pitch that he would use from time to time, but he had the great slider, the hard slider that the pitching coach Larry Jansen taught him. He had a good fastball, curveball, changeup, 
and he could throw everything. And they, they always thought he was cheating, and they had a demonstration in the bullpen one day, uh, and they brought the manager down to the bullpen with all the umpires and said, here, watch this, and he threw the fork ball, and it just disappeared. And they realized that he had that kind of stuff. So it was nice to get to know him and hear these kinds of stories. Uh, in 1962, he came up to the Giants, and uh, he was just a kid in those days. And then they were in, remember, the pennant race with the Dodgers and the playoff with the Dodgers. And he ended up in game two in the ninth inning, 7-7. And it's first and second, and uh, Maury Wills is on second, and uh, the hitter comes up and Dark comes out to the mound and says, listen, throw to third if he bunts. Well, Gaylord got the ball, didn't think he could get Wills at third, threw to first, Dark went crazy and basically banished Gaylord pretty much for the, the next year uh, because of that. But 1964, I remember it, FP, so well. It was a doubleheader with the Mets uh, in Shea Stadium. The second game went 23 innings, 7 hours, 23 minutes. Gaylord came in in the 14th inning and threw 10 shutout innings. And, at that, <laughs> and he threw the spitball. And Tom Haller was the catcher and said, Gaylord, it's time to bring it out. And they brought it out, and he threw 10 shutout innings. And from that day forward, he was Gaylord Perry, the one who eventually got into the Hall of Fame with 300 and 14 wins. But uh, one other quick story uh, Ray Fossey told me, and Ray, of course, was the catcher for the Cleveland Indians uh, when Gaylord was traded over there uh, in 1972. In fact, Gaylord was terrific with the Giants, 139 wins, second most in San Francisco Giants history. And 1972, he gets traded over to the Indians because Charlie Fox, who's the manager of the Giants, loves Sam McDowell. He thought Sam McDowell was the greatest thing ever, and he wanted to have him signed as a teenager at a high school in the early 60s. And McDowell had a great career, but then he had such a problem with alcohol, it spilled over into his life and to his baseball life. And when the Indians got rid of him, they were happy to send them to the Giants. But Charlie Fox wanted Gaylord, wanted Sam McDowell, and gave up Gaylord Perry for Sam McDowell, who at that point was showing showing signs of arm trouble. All right, so. He gets to the Cleveland Indians, and Ray Fossey tells me Ray is in Mexico vacationing with Carol. And uh, he gets a phone call from Gaylord, and he says, and Gaylord says, Ray, can you catch it? And Ray <laughs> says, you throw it, I'll catch it. And that was the way Gaylord met Ray Fossey. So he was just a great guy. He really was. He loved San Francisco, raises children in San Francisco, hated being traded uh, to Cleveland in that trade that Charlie Fox uh, wanted to do. So there's those kinds of stories about him. Through 16 shutout innings against the Cincinnati Reds, had tremendous earned run averages throughout his, his career as a giant, but he'd end up 13-18, and 18, uh, 20 and 17, things like that, and it just never clicked like Marischal did. But he had the numbers and the stuff, but it just never translated into that many wins with the Giants when he was a San Francisco Giant. So how's that for a nutshell? Wow, that's great stuff from Marty Lurie. <laughs> you guys know the voice. He needs no reintroduction. But I'm looking 
at Gaylord stats right now. And, and what was it? 72, he had 29 complete games. 73, he had 29 complete games. 74, he had 28 complete games. 75, he had 25 complete games. For his career, Marty, 303 complete games. I mean, yeah. we're, we're never going to see anything like that again, are we? No, no, no. You won't see three complete games. Uh, 303 complete games. Come on, he had 690 starts. And the whip was 1.18. How about that? For 5,350 innings. And I'll tell you another one that I'll never forget. And I guess it was, what, maybe 1974. Uh, he had won 15 straight. 15 straight. He had after he was like 15 and 1 uh, when the season, you know, started. We got into July and he was going to, to break the record or tie the record for the most consecutive wins in a row. And of the 15 in the streak, 13 were complete games or 14, something crazy <laughs> like that. All right, so he gets to the Coliseum to take on the A's, and it's kind of a wet night. And in those days, FP, I was known maybe to make a bet every once in a while <laughs> uh, on, a, on a baseball game, being a criminal lawyer in those days. You know, you, you sort of uh, rubbed off on some of the other, <clears throat> other elements of society. So we bet on Gaylord to win his 16th straight, and he ends up giving up a, a dribbler single to Claudel Washington in the ninth inning. And the A's tie up the game, and they eventually beat him in the 10th inning, 4-3. to three. So I'll never forget that one, even though it cost me $9. It cost you $9. You're a big better, Marty Lurie. <laughs> yeah, really. that, that's a great story. All these are just <laughs> tremendous knowledge on Gaylord Perry as we remember uh, his career. 84 years old, he passed away today. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1991. He made his major league debut in 1962. For the Giants, a 22-year career spanning 5,350 innings. I mean, when he took the ball, that was his position that day, just like a third baseman, just yeah. like a shortstop, just like a second baseman. He was the pitcher, and he was playing the whole game. I mean, great stuff for Marty Lurie. Marty, so we so let's talk about the Vaseline ball and Dottering balls. Mm-hmm. I, I, I saw a thing on Gaylord today where he was saying – the guys would come back to the bench, and whether they're playing the Dodgers, or they would be talking about, well, he's going to this hat. Do you see that? He, he's cheating. He's doing this. And then he finally said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So he said, I'm not going to cheat, but I'm just going to start playing with my hat and doing all these mannerisms mm-hmm. and maybe get in the pitcher's head. So the psychology of Gaylord Perry, and eventually he admitted to like you know trying to tinker with that stuff. But can you imagine how smart he was? And he said he won a couple of games by doing that. You know all his mannerisms. I'm doing them right now. It's not great radio, but I'm you know touch your hat, touch your ear, touch your hat again, wipe the back of your head, then pitch. Can you imagine getting the guy said they, there was a highlight today, Marty, of him striking out Reggie Jackson, and Reggie was so pissed off, and it was almost like he wanted to tell on him to the umpire, and he threw his bat down in disgust when Reggie was with the Angels. So yeah, I mean just just a, a wonderful storied career. And it's just nice to relive these memories with you. You have so many great memories of Gaylord Perry. Well, the spitball was was a big deal in the 60s. And you could be on the mound. You could wet your fingers standing on the mound, but you just didn't wipe it off. And that's what they would do. So every batter wanted him inspected and uh, to see what he was doing. And then, then they outlawed, so supposedly, uh, you couldn't go to your mouth. Uh, on the mound. You couldn't do that. So Gaylord had to come up with another way to do it. And I asked him, I said, well, what did you do? And this is a story he told me. He said, look, Willie Mays was the greatest. uh, But when he made an error, he gave his glove away. He didn't want it because he made an error. 
And he loved the glove. Gaylord loved the glove because it was an outfielder's glove and had the very long fingers of, you know, the second baseman's glove is short. Outfielder's glove, remember Brett Butler's glove was like two feet long or something. But uh, Willie had the long fingers in the glove. And Gaylord said, I love that glove because that's where I could put this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where he would put it because they inspected him. They would sneak, the umpire would sneak up on him and take his hat off and, you know, the bald head at that time. And they'd be checking his shirt, his pants. And they, they caught him once or twice. I think they threw him out of the game once or twice late in his career. But he was inspected constantly, constantly uh, by the other team, by the other batters, Henry Aaron. I don't care who it was. Uh, he w- that, that's sort of what happened. And the way he learned the spitball in the 60s, I don't know if you, you probably don't remember Bob Shaw, but uh, he came over to the Giants from the Braves in, uh, in the 63, 64, along with Del Crandall, and a big trade for Felipe, your guy. Yeah. Felipe was traded from the Giants to the Braves. It was shocking when that happened. And Bob Shaw was the master of the spitball. And he taught Gaylord how to throw it and how to master it. And that was the turning point in in Gaylord's career when Bob Shaw came over. I mean, Gaylord had great games. He no-hit the Cardinals in, what, 1967. And then Ray Washburn came back the next day uh, and no-hit the Giants. And the only time back-to-back no-hitters, he was part of that. 1970 had a great season. And his brother, uh, Jim Perry, was a few years older, pitched for the Twins. He won the Cy Young Award in 1970, and Gaylord ended up coming in second uh, in the National League to Bob Gibson in 1970. But the two brothers could have won the Cy Young Award. An an amazing impact on the game. Amazing Mm -hmm. impact on the game. But the thing that you said, give me one thing about Gaylord. For me, it would be the competition, the competitor. And, you know, it wasn't a guy, you know, you get to the seventh inning and the manager comes out and they're looking over at the bullpen and the pitchers, you look in his eyes and get me out of here. Not this guy. You didn't come out and say anything to him. Uh, That's what I remember about him the most. He wasn't a very good hitter. Hit six home runs in his major league career. And at one point in the uh, early 60s, uh, Alvin Dark, the manager, said, a man will walk on the moon before Gaylord Perry hits a home run. And this is tr- a true story. And it was August 1968, 69, whenever it was. And uh, Neil Armstrong walks on the moon. And an hour later, <laughs> Gaylord Perry hit a home run. I saw that's, that. Come on. How about that? I saw that story today. <laughs> t- talking to Marty Lurie, just reminiscing about Gaylord Perry. All right. I'm not sure I want to take the interview this way, but it, 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 it's in my head right now, and i got to ask you. Sure. How come Dottery the Baseball with Vaseline is looked upon as so romantic? And then when you talk about other ways of cheating, like corking your bat or steroids or other things like that, that it's just like it's different. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, it, it sort of uh, was, you know, the gamesmanship. Now, corking the bat, still does not rise to the level of steroids. I mean, you have, you know, when uh, George Brett had the pine tar incident, 
Remember that in uh, in the early 80s at the home run off uh, Goose Gossage and uh, Billy Martin complained he had too much pine tar in the bat. Yeah. And, and they threw the bat out. And uh, Gaylord was the one who got the bat and tried to hide it. He, he, was, in the, he was in the middle of that. But I, I think that pine tar, doctoring the baseball, corking the bat, it, it's borderline within the sort of the spirit of, of – doing everything you can to win a game. Steroids was against the law. And steroids did something that that people just can't put up with. And we're going to see it this weekend when this golden era, whatever. The do, you think, contemporary... do you think Barry gets in? No, no chance. No chance? No chance. N-O-C-H-A-N-C-E. No I, chance. See, I did the show the other night, and, and I went over every everybody on the committee and there was a few I don't knows, but but I had I had twelve votes for him. So tell me why you don't think he's going to get in. Well, uh, because of the people on the they stacked the committee. They didn't make this committee to get the steroid guys in in the Hall of Fame. That's the last thing they want. They don't want this trouble now. Chipper Jones, Maddox, uh, Jack Morris, Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell, uh, four or five have publicly condemned steroids of that group and a couple haven't said much about it but you take four or five there and then you end up with steve hurt who is the statistician and as i was getting to steroids changed the sort of the timeline and and the performance line of baseball it skewed all the statistics so you have uh, someone like that on there as well um the the hall of famers are really tough they're really tough. When the Hall of Famers were voting on inducting people into the Hall of Fame, no one ever got in because these people don't want them in. Uh, so my point is this. You need 12 of 16, and you've got seven players on the committee. There's no way uh, that Clemens, Bonds, uh, Palmero, whoever it may be, uh, gets past this committee. No does, way. Does anybody get in? I think Fred McGriff gets in. I think there's a real good chance of that. I don't think Mattingly or Dale Murphy will get in. I think they'll come close. Uh, I think Fred McGriff has got a real good chance, 493 in home runs. Uh, you played against him, you know, in the steroid era. Uh, this guy was a slugger, and uh, and he sort of got overlooked by all the big home run hitters, and allegedly he didn't uh, use steroids. So um, a slugger with Atlanta – with uh, Toronto, with San Diego, uh, and a good, solid major league career. And I, I would think he gets in. Uh, I, I think he's the one. Plus, he has a video. Tom Amansky. Remember that? <laughs> Come on. He's got a video. And Fred McGriff said a few years ago, he said, I never even saw the video. And he's on the video saying, Tom Amansky knows more about baseball than anybody. And uh, get his video. He made Tom Amansky very rich. And they had Fred McGriff in the video in this little blue hat on a Little League field uh, talking about the video. But uh, that was a famous part for him. And he's got a nickname, the Crime Dog. It helps to have a nickname. <laughs> well, I played 14 years, Marty, and I still haven't thrown a baseball into a garbage can. So yeah, <laughs> whatever video works, works. Look, and you got your nickname. You know, if you and Vita Blue and... You know, Blue Moon Odom, you know? Yeah. You need a nickname. Yeah, everybody needs a nickname. Everybody needs to hear Marty Lurie. Marty, we're up against the clock, but real quick, okay. well, how, do you, how do you think the Giants are going to do in the free agency market, and do they sign Aaron Judge? 
Well, it's a good question. Uh, you know, we've been down this road before. To me, uh, the Giants are Aaron Judge's best friend. Because every time the Giants talk about signing Aaron Judge, the Yankees get more nervous. And uh, and the Yankees have said, look, we're not going to get outbid. So if he's getting $300 million from the Giants, uh, the Yankees are going to offer 320 Is he going to go back to the Giants and say, look, now I want 340 And uh, this could go on forever. So I don't know what's in his mind. It's so much money. It's really up to him where he wants to go. Uh, I, I know the odds came out today saying the Giants are minus 130 and the, the Yankees are minus 110 uh, in these Las Vegas odds, so the Giants would be a favorite. I'd be surprised if he was a Giant simply because the Yankees said, we are not going to be outbid. I think the Giants are going to do well in, in the uh, free agent market. They know they need a pitcher. I love the Japanese pitcher, Senga. Uh, I'd love to see them get him. Uh, and I think they're going to get a shortstop, and I hope it's Carlos Correa. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do. I don't know. I hate playing GM on the radio. I just know they need to upgrade in right. certain positions. They need to get faster. They need to get more athletic. And, and yep. they could use a starting pitcher. So we've had fun with it on the air. I know I'd be really excited if they pulled off the Aaron Judge thing just because it's must-see be TV. It's must-see TV. It's, hey, it's, yeah. for the fans and of the shows and everything else. And he's a great guy. He's terrific. And even though the big players, you know, six, seven or more, they don't have long careers uh, of effective careers. This guy looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. And it would be just the Giants need a boost. They need a boost. And Aaron Judge could give it to him. Now, if they don't get him, there's going to be, you know, a depression after that. And then that's when the fun starts because then they've got to sign people. So Judge is very important. That's a good point. That's when the fun starts if they don't sign Aaron Judge because you got all this oh, money you want to spend. Then you get four or five guys, right. and then we and start. Now you got a market. Yeah, you no, know, right. now you got Chris Bassett in San Diego. You got Correa to the Cubs. You got Turner to the Phillies. You got Bogarts to the Dodgers. You know, you got other teams that want these players. So the Giants are going to have Judge. For Judge, it seems like just Giants Yankees. But when you start looking at the other players, there's a market out there. That's when it's going to be trouble going to be trouble. Marty, you're trouble. I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate all the great stories and reminiscing about Gaylord yeah. Perry, and I hope your, eye, hope your eye heals fast. <laughs> Look forward to the next surgery, and I guess, on, I guess I should say see you later. <laughs> I can see this spin on a curveball now. You can. I'm telling you, I got a new career. The fantasy camp is back in, the, in my uh, future. That's awesome, Marty. Well, <laughs> I, I, I hope I get to see you soon. I miss you, man. It's been so long since I've actually seen you in person. We catch up on the show. We catch up off the show. But I always appreciate your time and great, great stuff on Gaylord Perry today. Really appreciate well, you appreciate coming on. It. You know, you got the toughest job in radio. I've always told you that, this nighttime show. So you do a, a great job with it, really a good job with it. So congratulations, and I look forward to seeing you. It's not digging ditches, Marty. I'm having fun on the air every night with the call. Yeah, with you and the guests. I'm having a blast. So thanks for your time, Marty. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Take care.